Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the Twits Odyssey again. Uh, we're approaching the end of Roald Dahl's The Twits, um, which we're, we're doing and we have done for the past three months or so. Um, Didn't uh, think it would go on this long, if I'm honest. We, but we never do. Well, we it's only a short book. Uh, well, well, I've got you. Yeah, I think we should do Ripley's again this Christmas yeah. for a few weeks because I, I enjoyed yeah. Ripley's last year and there's a new yeah. one in the shops now. I think we should feels, randomly dive into feel, that again. Feels Christmassy, doesn't it? Yeah, it could be a Christmas tradition, couldn't it? Yeah, so it's a bit, I mean, I'll probably, I'll either be asking for it for Christmas for myself or buying it for my son. Get out um, there and buy it now. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll dive into and, it. And, and don't forget, they, we were watching on Discovery for a while. I think you were watching it too. The TV show of Ripley's Believe It or Not. No, I, I didn't watch it. Um, I forgot about that because you suggested it and I didn't get right to it. There was, was there some Hollywood star that presented it or something? Yeah, I didn't recognise him, but he was so captivating that I did some digging <laughs> <laughs> and he was just some guy who'd been in lots of, you know, B movies and cult ev- ev- films every and, t- cult and also every TV show. You know, been in Knight Rider right. and everything yeah. that our old mate made. I think he'd been in. We'd, we'd his... have done it better. Oh, Glenn A. Larson. Glenn A. Larson, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, is there a Glenn A. Larson biography? I wonder if there is. Fucking wants there to isn't, be, doesn't there? We'll write one and then dive it. Um, yeah. The man so, who built the dreams that drove us, something like yeah, that. I mean, you know, like he's he like people go on about Walt Disney and Steve Jobs, don't they? Mm. But where's where's the love for Glenn A. Larson, a man who is the very much the architect of the popular culture that shaped us all? Have you um have you seen the Steve Jobs documentary film that's out? No, is it interesting? It's on, it's on Sky Documentaries. It is interesting. Um, I don't know much about he, him. I never watched he, that film about him. He was a cunt. Yeah, Pretty I know he's a cunt. Yeah, yeah, massive cunt, um, for lots of different reasons. But it's it's good to watch. I got this um, idea for a foam, right? But it's fucking, it's it's more than a foam. It's got a computer right? in it. Calculator, <laughs> right? A fo- imagine, imagine this: a phone that can tell you what the weather's going to be. Yeah, got, you think I'm <laughs> mad, don't you? Well, that's what they it, told Jesus. It's- Obviously, it's got a calculator. It's got a computer. It's got a little record player inside it. It can listen to your <laughs> records. Fuck it. Can't fail. It's got. It's going to have a thing on it where you can just see tits whenever you want. 
<laughs> Tits I mean, on demand is the working title for for the, the for the for the thing I'm sticking in there. For people like me and you finding tits, it's quite hard. You've got to go out and buy magazines, <laughs> or you've got to send off for them, or you've got to draw your own, or you've got to stay oh, up late and watch them on BBC or, Two. Or I wouldn't do this, but some lads just peep through windows, changing rooms, yeah. and that. If you, you know, if you get if you get lucky and you find somewhere, that's, that's risky. And there's always a kind of a sense of achievement because it's a kind of a, a hunter-gatherer kind of thing. Yeah. But now... It's not I've seeing got... the tits. It's the thrill of the chase of the tits. Yeah, exactly. That's the reward. And the risk as well. It's kind of risk-reward thing. But with this phone, it's going to be fucking... Tits are going to be falling out of it as soon as you switch it on. So that'll all change. But, you know... I'm, well, I'm thinking of calling change. it the tit phone. But some of my marketing people have said that's just one of the aspects that will appeal. And you're sort of pigeonholing yourself. Because there'll be some people, if you want to sell it to like old folk, for instance, they're not interested in tits. So they said, don't niche it down. My, I mean, I'm not a marketing expert, but I think you put the word tits in front of anything and you're giving it half a chance of being a success. And I mean, and I, I said to the marketing lads, I says, well, how about we do the, the iPhone, as they want to call it? We'll do that. That's 400 quid. But we can also do a tit phone that's just got tits yeah. in. That'll be 150. You know, and then it appeals <laughs> to just the tit lads. But they, they didn't like that very much either. So we're not doing it. Well, you know, I, I try to surround myself with experts and I try, I try to be humble. Um, I am first among equals in my organisation. But what I will say is it's me who's coming up with these fucking ideas, right? <laughs> first I'm among equals. I'm the fucking equals, engine but, driving all of this. Very much first. I get paid the most. I get all the share bonuses. You know, I get the best car parking space. Listen, all right, fine. You don't want to make it too narrow in a pill. Fine, make one with cocks on it. It's fine with me for the gay lads and that, right? That's fine. I've got no problem with that. Cock phone, whatever. Cock phone, fine. It's all fucking money in my bank, right? Whether it's for people paying for cock on a phone, tit on a phone, whatever they want, don't care. It's all coming my way. And it, it all mean that I fucking trample that fucking no-friend weirdo gates into the fucking <laughs> ground where he belongs. <laughs> fucking spod. Fucking weird bloke, isn't he? Have you seen him? Fucking weird. <laughs> fuck, you seen it? See what he's doing now? He's giving all his money away to the third world. What the fuck? Fucking what, what, I tell you what. What have you fucking worked for if that's what you're going to do with it? Trust me. Trust me. Right, there's something funny there with him. No, I'm not going to say. I don't know. There's a lot of theories, but... Just with him, not everything is is too good to be fucking true, right? <laughs> Bloke's a fucking weirdo. He's basically, I mean, I don't say this lightly, he's the Jimmy Savile of computers, I think. Put There's something going on. Put it this way, sort of cunt who keeps Red Leicester as his house cheese. Yeah? <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you? Like, sort of, as it, and, and he'll act all normal as if it's as normal as having cheddar. <laughs> You go around his house and go, can I have a cheese sandwich? You go, yeah, Red Leicester, all right. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, fucking knew it. Weirdo. So, reckons he doesn't like the Beatles either. Fucking nobbin. <laughs> Says he prefers the kinks for their lyrics. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay, now. Fucking try hard cunt. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, the twits. Where onto the chapter, the furniture goes up. Do you have that in front of you there, Sam? The furniture goes up. They've glued the furniture onto the ceiling after they've already glued the carpet up there. 
Yeah. Uh, and we just, at the end of last week, we had a 17-minute monologue from the roly-poly bird because... Yeah. Uh, uh, Outlining his sort of libertarian slash Epicurean uh, worldview. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And it was interesting just because it said, how would you like it if it was monkey pie they made every Wednesday and all your friends had been boiled up and I went on talking about it. So that's where we're at. Mm. And Muggle won't apologise, it's quite right. He says, I do beg your pardon. I'm so excited Sorry I hardly that. know what I'm saying. Yeah, slip of the tongue. Let's move on. No need for the 17-minute monologue. Uh, he says, I'm so excited I hardly know what I'm saying. Now the chairs. Do the same with the chairs. All the chairs must be stuck upside down to the ceiling and in their right places. Oh, do hurry up, everyone. Any moment now, those two filthy freaks are going to come rushing in with their guns. And phew, you can imagine what would happen if they did, can't you? Fucking hell, the, the, the stuff's all glued to the ceiling. They've got guns. It's going to be a massacre. But uh, hopefully that won't happen. That would be a terrible ending to the book, wouldn't it? And Awful. then all the birds were shot to death. The Everyone dead. There's a tale of the unexpected for you, you little cunts. <laughs> uh, the monkeys, with the birds helping them, put glue on the bottom of each chair leg and hoisted them up to the ceiling. And then the smaller tables, the sofa, the sideboard, the lamps, the tiny little things as well, the ashtrays. You wouldn't get an ashtray in a children's book these days, would you? That would be fucking banned by the editors. Oh, they can't yeah. have an ashtray? Well, I think we talked about this the other day. You don't see ashtrays anymore, do you? I don't think mm. they even exist. And I've never been a, much of a smoker myself, but I do, did like ashtrays because you get nice ones. Like if you go into yeah. bric-a-brac or charity shops, you'll still see quite interesting ashtrays. Yeah. And they're nice ornaments to have around a, the place. A, a pub ashtray is a fine thing to look at. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, mind you, I, I saw with someone... With a, a, a brewery logo on the bottom of it. Whoa. Yeah, I saw someone get bashed over the head with one of those once, split his head clean open. And now, whenever I look at them, I get a little bit of a like flashback. Yeah. I suppose that's what it was. If they're the big, heavy glass ones, it was just like, here's a weapon oh, yeah. we've left they lying around get... in the pub. I bet the old Bill in those days, when... There was more fighting anyway, as mm. we were discussing off air recently, how there used to be more fighting in the old days, in the right? World. Yeah. There was just fight fighting was just normal, wasn't it? Yeah. And when there was more fighting going on, the old Bill must have been going around to the pubs going, Listen, you're putting this is a place of alcohol consumption and by extension fighting, right? Mm. It wasn't fucking gastro pubs then, it was all like drunk men, right? It should have said above the above the door, licensed for alcohol and fighting. And fighting. And then the name of the right. licensee. Fucking, you know, this is a place where angry, tired, frustrated men <laughs> go to imbibe alcohol <laughs> in ludicrous quantities. There's yeah. going to be aggro. Fine. But why would you put lethal weapons on every table? Please, sir, yeah. over there, there is your table and you'll find the complimentary weapon sitting on it. <laughs> A weapon that could fucking brain someone. I've seen it happen. The big fucking mm. glass ones, you could kill someone with it. Definitely, yeah. And 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 I remember one time I was in a pub and some cunts came into it and they were pissed up rugby lads. And so mm. that obviously puts your hackles up. You mm. probably don't get that in Sunderland, but occasionally you will be in a pub and there will be rugger-buggers, like rugby union blokes yeah. all giving it like, rah, rah, rah. And you're like, cunts, right? Mm. And in those days, when we were kids, you're like, really? So do you know what? We thought, right, it might kick off here. And obviously, they're all big lads. So everyone's going to have to use a weapon. 
And mm. on the fucking walls, it was the first time I noticed it, hanging all over the walls of this pub were fucking horse brasses and <laughs> um, them pans, brass pans with yeah. the long handles, right? Yeah. I don't know what you call them. So everyone starts long getting pans. them off the walls. So it's like, there is just, the whole pub has weapons hanging on it. Yeah. Amazing <laughs> weapons. That's what pubs were. Yeah. The fighting the and the police and the fucking ambulance service must have been like, what the fuck are you putting all these weapons out for every night? If people were just having punch-ups, it'd be fine. But we're having to turn up and like deal with people with their fucking brains spilling out their heads. Mm. Silly, you'll really, be, isn't it? You'll be too young to remember this, but the first year that I started drinking in pubs was the year when they abandoned um, afternoon closing. Oh. Pubs used to close at three o'clock. Oh, and they'd no. be shut till like half five. When what? I was in Wales last week, there was pubs still doing that. Whoa. Yeah, there was a weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they advertised it. They said they'd be shut at three till five, but we actually walked past by four and went in. But they on it when when I looked up on website, said, "Yeah, we're shut between three and five. Jesus Christ! I mean, poor Wheels. As we're recording this now on Monday, poor Wheels has just announced a two-week proper lockdown across the whole of Wales. Yeah, too right. That's what it should be. That's what we need. Anyway. Yeah, but I quite like the fact that Manchester are rebelling. Of course. Manchester, or Madchester, as Andy Burnham will probably start calling it soon. (laughs) We're fucking mad for it. I I like it that Manchester are going fucking hell. I just like it that they're fucking sticking that two fingers up to the government. I like the idea of Manchester going to war with the government. Yeah, but it's it's not for like the reasons that people think. But, but Burnham's saying we need a full lockdown. He's saying tier three is not enough. He's right. saying the scientists have said tier three is not enough. Right. And then he said this morning that he's not going to be, uh, you know, won over by the promise of a check because the government are going to up their offer of furlough and stuff. He said it should be the original furlough, eighty percent, and also it should be a full lockdown. And he's right. And the government are turning yeah. around and saying, oh, oh, Andy Burnham's risking lives. He's, he's resisting, um, you know, what we're trying to do and all this sort of... Fuck off. He wants more. He wants it to be yeah. stricter than than they're saying. And he's right. They're the one risking fucking lives, not him. But anyway. This I, I, mean, like, I like the... Uh, what I'm saying is I like the tear-up. I yeah. like oh, the definitely, North. Yeah. I, like, I like the idea of the North going to war with the government or the South. And I'd go, so I'd say, if that happens, count me in to be on the North side. Well, you'll have to apply. You'll have to answer a series of questions. No, no, they might, they, uh, they might not have me, but I'm willing to be a, um, you know, like uh, a traitor. I'm trying to start a campaign to get the North attached onto Scotland and then we can just yeah. all fucking detach ourselves from what I'm calling tough well, England. I'm, I'm not fucking surprised. I'm not fucking surprised. I mean, well, having said that, a lot of the North, unfortunately, did vote for this government. So Yeah, we enabled them, didn't we? Mm. It's complicated. And if you listen oh, well. to this free nine months after we've recorded it, fuck knows what's happened since yeah. then. Yeah, if you're listening so, to it in the future, fucking hell. God knows what state you're in. Yeah. Hopefully a better one. Hope, I did read in right the paper. There. I did read in the paper that there'd be like um, loads of va- vaccines by like February or something. That sounds really? like bullshit. Yeah, Geezy sounded so. like he, he looked like he knew what he was on about, the bloke who yeah. I saw saying it. So, yeah. you know. I, I, I feel as though there could be. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, but I feel as though we've got vaccines coming. 
But you, future listener, you'll know this nine months from now. Oh. You could be They'll probably rush around. out a vaccine. They'll rush yeah. out a fucking vaccine because they'll have to. And then we'll all... Actually, no, it's all right. We've had this discussion before. And do you remember a doctor got in touch and explained to us, a medical professional yeah. from Big Pharma said, yeah. don't worry, we'll, it'll be rushed through, no problem. Right, okay. Remember I that? I don't remember that. I don't remember that. No, I don't remember the ins and outs, but he seemed reassuring. Some cunt on an email said something and we chose to believe it. Yeah, sounds uh, all right. We can move on in our minds now. Stop worrying <laughs> about that. Jalapeño. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Yeah, so they're putting all the stuff up on the, uh, the, the yeah, the ashtrays, it says. Um, the ornaments, the beastly plastic gnome on the sideboard. It was a gnome on the sideboard. Uh, everything, absolutely everything must be stuck to the ceiling. It was terribly hard work. It fucking sounds like it was. It was especially difficult to stick everything onto the ceiling in exactly its right place, but they got it done in the end. Um what now? asked the roly-poly bird. He was out of breath and so tired he could hardly flap his wings. Poor lad. Um, and then the pictures. Turn the pictures upside down. Obviously, to make it seem as though uh, everything's gone upside down. And it says, well, one of you birds, please fly out onto the road and watch to see when those frumptious freaks are coming back. I'll go, said the roly-poly bird. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to dip back for a fag anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He says, uh, I'll, I'll sit on the telephone wires and keep guard. It'll give me a rest. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. You let the others do all the work, you prick. Yeah. I could do with a bit of a fucking break from all the blah, blah, blah. Um, next chapter. The ravens swoop over. Oh. Um, and they had only just finished the job when the roly poly bird came swooping in, screaming, They're coming back! They're coming back! The, the twits in the image that Quentin Blake has drawn of them on this mm. page is fucking chilling. They look for like a child, robbers, don't they? For a child. <laughs> These are two fucking terrifying-looking nutters, right? And they are both fucking holding... They're wearing long, sort of spooky overcoats with the collars mm-hmm. turned up, and they're in long grass, and they're wearing fucking... They, it, I don't know. This is something not cartoonish enough about the firearms they're brandishing. They look <laughs> fucking realistic. like serious fucking double-barreled shotguns that yeah. they look fucking desperate to use. I think mm. it's quite a scary picture for a kid to see in a in a storybook. It is. Yeah, they, I say they're like armed robbers. They look ready mm. for menacing. Uh, 
But here they come. Um, quickly, the birds flew back on the roof of the house. The monkeys rushed into their cage. And a moment later, Mr. and Mrs. Twit came marching into the garden, each carrying a fearsome-looking gun. Uh, I'm glad to see those monkeys are still upside down, said Mr. Twit. They're too stupid to do anything else, said Mrs. Twit. Hey, look at all those cheeky birds still up in the on the roof. Let's go inside, load our new guns, and it'll be bang, 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 and bird pie for supper. Fucking hell. Um... Just as are you replying to an email there? Or Sorry, yeah, really quickly. Okay, we'll just have a little break while Sam replies to an email. Here's some music. Done. Sorry, mate. So yeah, okay. Yeah, bang, 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 and bird pie for supper. Um. And then, just as they were about to enter the house, two black ravens swooped low over their heads. We don't know. Have we seen the ravens before? I don't no, think well, we have. What's this about? A, it's quite a good twist that Rold has decided to um, introduce some ravens well, at this stage it, in the book. I'm looking at the pictures of the birds doing all the gluing in the house. Um, and there's no ravens. I don't know. what's. Is this something to do with the roly-poly bird, you think? Has he instructed oh, the ravens? I've managed to I've managed to call in a couple of favours with the Raven community. <laughs> we needed. Uh, I, I figured we could do with some extra numbers. I've made a few calls. They, they let's just say I've got a couple in the bank with the Ravens. <laughs> so the black Ravens swooped low over their heads. Each bird carried a paintbrush in its claw, and each paintbrush was smeared with sticky glue. And the Ravens whizzed over the top and brushed a streak of sticky glue on the tops of Mister and Missus Twitz's head. They did it with the lightest touch, but even so, the Twits both felt it. What was that? cried Mrs. Twit. Some beastly bird has dropped his dirty droppings on my head. <laughs> she means a bird has shat on me. <laughs> yeah. Roll stick. And how can I phrase this? How can I phrase this without just putting oh, that bird shit on me? Beast. A bird shat yeah. on his own head. It's got dirty a nice droppings. ring to it, that. But I, I know those fucking uptight editors. At the fucking at puffing, we'll get all they'll get their knickers in a twist about that. <laughs> uh, uh, Same fuckers who stopped me calling this book the cunts. And he says, uh, "Mr. Twitter's on mine too. On I mine felt too. It. I felt it. <laughs> Don't touch it!" cried Mrs. <laughs> Twit. "You'll get it all over your hands. Come inside, and we'll wash it off at the sink. Oh, now they're interested in fucking hygiene. All of a sudden, yeah." I'm surprised Mr. Twit didn't just fucking eat it. Stick it in his beard for later on. <laughs> I'll have that for my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> the filthy, dirty brutes, yelled Mr. Twit. I'll bet they did it on purpose. Just wait till I've loaded up my gun. He's gone fucking demented here. He's going to just fucking blast any bird that gets in his way for any reason. This fucking terrifying. This is our... Well, I don't want to name specific incidents, but... <laughs> This is how fucking massacres happen with some nutter who's been... And you can see it for years. When you start doing digging, right, mm. always people go, yeah, he was fucking weird. He seemed volatile. We knew yeah. he had a fucking gun, right? But no one intervenes. And then one day it could be started just by something small like a bird shitting on his head. Shitting on his head. And then yeah. it's just like, right, every cunt's getting shot. A flashpoint incident, isn't it? Yeah. These people are mentally ill. Do you think that in 
2020, this was written in like 1981 or something. Mm. Do you think, you know, and, and unemployment was getting to its all-time high, mm. second mm. year of Thatcherism, um, what she was setting about was a, a complete restructure of British economy and society, right? Yeah. Very ambitious. And she, of course, I don't know if she'd actually used the phrase by now, but she was governed by, much like the roly-poly bird in some ways, by this idea of there is no society, right? We are mm. all a collection of individuals. Mm. So I'm pretty sure that provision for mental health back in the early 80s was next to non-existent, right? Well, I mean, this this was written during the era of fighting in pubs and glass ashtrays. Yeah, and this all was that the pub of, fight so, oh, in heyday. Casual threats of violence such as these were just de rigueur back then, really, weren't they? Yeah, so you wouldn't be marked down as mad, would you, yeah. For if you were going... But I think if, this couple, to me, to my mind, I would hope that today, in 2020, a couple like this behaving and living the way they did with their mm. strange lifestyle and volatile behaviour, aggressive behaviour, I think they'd have been, there would have been an intervention of some sort by the authorities or social services by now, you wouldn't there? You would think so. You, you would mm. hope so, but... Uh... Not really. I mean, Thatcher you would have been that. like your Thatchers and your Tebbits would have just been like, crack on. I'm trying to work out the perspective of this whole thing here. I'm trying to work out whether this book is Roald Dahl's Ghost Town. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Specials yeah, exactly. Yeah, commentary yeah. on the he, Times, he, but I don't commentary know it wasn't on. Look, these are two individuals who have been let down by society. They they don't have a community. They've yeah. effectively opted out. There are no safety nets. And where does that actually leave us, Mrs. Thatcher? Mm. It means that we have a, a an, an empathy deficit in our communities. <laughs> and that really is what this book is about, the empathy yeah. deficit. In fact, yeah. that's what you should have called it. You should have called it the empathy deficit. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome uh, to Blue Peter. Yeah, We've got a very special guest coming because on today. He's saying this is what happens when you announce the death of society, when you take away, you actively dismantle the institutions that held us together and the glue yeah. that 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 you know bonds our social fabric. Mm. Then there will be consequences to that, Mrs. Thatcher, and Absolutely. that that might be. You know, mad couples on the streets with shotguns just fucking massacring birds and monkeys. Yeah. And then you've got to look at yourself and think, what role did I play in this by, you know, shutting down the mines and nationalising British gas? She never did, though. She never did look at it like that. That was the yeah. trouble. She oh, couldn't see the bigger picture. She couldn't see the bigger picture. You said empathy deficit, exactly what it was. Join the fucking dots. That's that is all Roald Dolls trying to say. Join the fucking dots, right? <laughs> Between real people's lives, right? Emotions, empathy, <laughs> compassion, right? Day to day fighting in pubs and the decisions that you make in your fucking ivory towers, right? About <laughs> industry, the economy, jobs. Think about it. Join the fucking dots. Read my book. It's called The Twits. I wanted to call it The Cunts, but the publishers wouldn't let us. And I tried the empathy deficit as well, but then Blue Peter wouldn't let me on to talk about it, so The Twits it is. Biddy Baxter said it was, uh, I don't know, unsavoury, unsettling. <laughs> I think that was the word she used. <laughs> <laughs> she said I should get in touch with the Children's Film Foundation. Maybe they'll make a film out of it, but probably not. <laughs> I get that Alan Parker. He made that film, The Evacuees, pretty good. 
<laughs> but no, we weren't interested. Uh, unsettling. Well, that's your fucking problem if you're unsettled by a fucking dose of truth, Baxter. <laughs> you should get more of this shit on your programme. Sell all that crap about tortoises. <laughs> Every time I switch that fucking program on, they're on about their fucking tortoise. I couldn't give a fuck. I don't know any cunt that's got a tortoise. No one. But I you can't know get them. loads of cunts who've lost their job, right? Because of Tory cuts. Yeah? <laughs> and you're not covering that at all. If they did have a tortoise, they've had to either sell it or kill it or and eat, eat it. Or eat just it. To get yeah. by. It's like most of the black stuff where the bloke has to shoot his rabbits. It's like that. Who the fuck's got a tortoise in 1981? Come no on. One. No one can fucking afford to eat. Feed the cunts. <laughs> Get out of the fucking 70s, Baxter. <laughs> and yet, just a few years later, Roald Dahl's flying around in a helicopter, arriving yeah. at garden parties. In the, well, I know lots of people like that. They just fucking gave into it. My dad was in a Socialist Workers' Party in the 70s. By the 80s, he was working in advertising and driving a flash car. In, <laughs> by the way, don't worry, he did that after he'd fucked off and left us. My mum had to put up with the Socialist Worker days when he was like, look, all, all oh. fucking property's theft and we don't need money, right? We'll mm. just fucking live in these council flats and fucking protest against the government. And then mm. suddenly he's gone, actually, do you know what? Fuck that! I'm going to start an advertising agency, but I'm going to fuck off from this lot because living on a council estate doesn't quite feel the right fit for That's an for ad executive. Image. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting the oh, boss everywhere man. and living on a council estate now nah. doesn't quite fit yeah, in with that. I'm going for the Don Draper image, and I. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them not. did that. I think that a lot of. Not. I mean, that is, like, you know, that was my dad's story, and, and a lot of people did. Um, you know, it wore them down. And in the yeah. end, they just fucking gave into it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, if that, not everyone had the opportunity, he spotted an opportunity and there was... Like, Roald Dahl was the same. I've put... I've been watching that... Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7 that's just appeared on oh, Netflix. Oh, yeah, I've heard it's brilliant. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, yeah. And an amazing uh, cast, right? Yeah, I watched that last night. It's brilliant. Um, and Jerry Rubin, it was one of the yippies. Jerry Rubin mm. and Abby Hoffman, who mm. were the revolutionaries who were trying to bring down... <gasps> Ben and Jerry's? No, different. No, go on. Different okay. fellas. <laughs> I um, thought I'd uh, worked something out. <laughs> I thought I'd uh, something Andy, out. Andy, I thought I'd worked something out again. And you're like, what have I told you nope. about trying to work things out? <laughs> it never ends well. You get overexcited and it always ends up blowing up in your face. <laughs> and at the end, you know, they do the captions about whatever happened to all the characters afterwards in mm. life and all that sort of thing. Uh, Jerry Rubin, one of the two yippies, uh, it said, Jerry Rubin later became a stockbroker. Yeah, of course he did. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So he, they just think, do you know what? I've had years of this, I'm not getting anywhere. Uh, yeah. I keep critiquing how disgusting greed is, but in the process of critiquing it, I've also studied it and, and identified <laughs> ways in up. which I can get involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I got into it now, I'd be really good at it and make loads of money. Yeah, yeah, because I understand it. I've been watching it so closely, and and actually, I've really I've learned all the tricks. So, mm. fuck all this. I'm going to get a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a story as old as time itself. Yeah. Um, What's that rhyme? The working class can kiss my ass. I've got the foreman's job at last. <laughs> I've never heard that before. 
I remember my brother singing that at me when I became editor of uh, Heat because I was like moaning about the journalists who worked for me. Right. right. And he said, like, oh, well, you know, they were, he said something like they all got to earn a living. And I was like, I'd gone so native so quickly. I was like, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> and then so he sang that song at me. And I thought, yeah, fair enough. You're right. I am a cunt. Yeah. It was like that thing you were talking about the first day of the job in management is being told how to sack people mm. or how, find out how hard it is to sack people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go from yeah. thinking, I hope I don't get sat, to people just going, oh, it's really hard to sack people. And then you're like, oh, fucking hell, why is it so hard to sack people? <laughs> That's all I want to do. It just ruined their lives. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, they're, yeah, the filthy, dirty brutes, he says, I'll, I'll just wait till I've loaded up my gun. And it says, Mrs. Twit got the key from under the doormat where Muggle Wump had carefully replaced it. Um, thanks for that bit of uh, info. And into the house they went. And we'll find out what happens next time in the chapter The Twits Are Turned Upside Down. So obviously we're getting towards the end. But, um, but don't right. worry, because there's a little treat in store even when the main story ends, isn't there? There is. There's a little section at the back which is called A Day in the Life of Roald Dahl. And I think we can get five episodes out of that, maybe. Easy peasy, mate. Easy peasy. We'll be right. going way past Christmas. Definitely. Okay, right, that's thanks. it, lads. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Ta-ra. TTFN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.